Hello, everyone, and welcome to Family Faith in the Village. This is a podcast designed to be a resource for you at home and for your family, and hopefully it helps you build and nurture fully faithful disciples of Jesus. My name is Zachary Waugh, and I am joined by my colleague and friend, Steve Miller. And Steve, let's just say it's good to be able to get to this location. Even getting up here to for you and I to uh, sit across and, and work through the series that we've been going through, kind of wrap it up today uh, with a general overview, different right now. Everybody's either... Uh, Trying to get water back. I've heard that uh, a lot of town has power back, so that's a blessing. But but a little precarious uh, with the recent winter weather. And I tell you, it's 61 degrees in the room that we're recording this in. And it feels great. (laughs) I mean, I'm serious. My house with the heater on can't reach 60 degrees. Too many windows, too poorly insulated. So this feels nice. Some friends of ours, Zachary knows as well, uh, some things bounce around. And the consensus is I think everybody is tired of being part of historical events over the last year. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, we're thankful that you've tuned in and consistently listened to this podcast. Uh, we're well over 100 people now that have uh, downloaded our episodes and listened. Twice as many as we ever thought. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now we're going for 200. Uh, so we thank you for those that have listened. Uh, if maybe you're new to this and we want to welcome you to this podcast. And like Steve said, this episode is simply meant to be an overview, kind of a recap of our faith building mini series. So we started talking about the youngest of age groups, infants, and we kind of worked our way through about 29 years old, that college slash young adult uh, time of your life. Uh, And we just tried to discuss how do you build faith as a parent? And then at the end, kind of individually, how do you build faith in those age groups? So we had a few things that we wanted to kind of touch on. And Steve, I'll let you lead off. What were some of the things throughout our time that seem to pop up in every age group. Well, I think we would we would be missing the boat if we didn't start off with the one that probably applied uh, to everything, and that is that uh, building faith in your kids, no matter their age, uh, is is done largely by example. Um, that was a common theme in each episode, no matter which, whether it was the pre-K group or, or younger, whether it was the elementary, middle, high, young adults, college students, uh, man, as scary as it is. And, and we said that over and over. It is a, it is a humbling, scary thought to think that the faith that you have, the faith that you're showing uh, your children and your household is going to be the model that they have to follow. Um, so I think that one, um, really applied in every episode that we did. Uh, it took some time in each one. Maybe it, it worked in different ways, but I think that was a huge one uh, as we worked through those, what, four or five episodes. Yep. Um, so definitely think about the example that you set. And with that, you know, it became the example of a prayer life. It became the example of being in scriptures. No matter what age we talked about, no matter what book you might have thrown out, what reference I threw out, it was about... Um, those things and each and every one modeling uh, a behavior of setting a time to have a Bible study, modeling a behavior of 
being in prayer and your family praying together. And as the kids get older, setting them up to pray on their own and some things that we talked about. So um, each of these times was our formative years in, in the lives of our students and our children and, and those members of our church that are at these ages. So uh, for me, kind of kicking it off, those, those three things, being the example of prayer life and being in the scriptures, um, kind of ran through the whole thing and it's obvious it's not it's not earth shattering uh, but we have to talk about it and uh, the more we talk about it hopefully that's the the intention of this entire podcast not just this series that we did but um, to build this kind of faith yeah and in, in the very first episode we looked at the passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6 where it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and then it talks about how do you do that well you do it when you sit down when you stand up and when you walk along the road and when you enter the house and when you leave the house, wherever you are, make that faith building a priority in your life. And one of the things I think Steve and I both wanted to reiterate was that we can't wait to make faith a priority. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a student, uh, a minister, don't wait to make that a priority in your life. Because I think the temptation sometimes is, well, once I become a high school student, it'll be so much easier. Then I'll start doing this. Or once I'm a parent, I'll start doing this. Once I'm married, then we'll start making sure to have these disciplines. If you're waiting for that to happen, odds are it probably isn't going to happen unless you start building that in your life right now. I had an uncle uh, who's a preacher now, used to be a youth minister, and he once told a story about how when he went to college, he really felt that that was when his faith became his own. And that's when he actually started to want to dig into the Word, want to be praying things he felt that were very beneficial to him. And I took that story to mean, well, that must be everyone's story, right? Everyone's going to go to college. Everyone's just going to kind of figure it out that, hey, this is important. This needs to be a priority in my life. But what's not true is that if you don't start right now, you can't expect something to just magically click down the road. So maybe you do a great job at home right now. Maybe you feel like there's room for improvement. Whatever it is, I think Steve and I would both say, start now. It doesn't have to be perfect. It probably isn't going to be perfect. But do something now to make a difference in the lives of your children and your students for generations to come. That's a great point, Zachary. We build this for generations, going back to the passage in Deuteronomy. Yep. Um, the principles that we want to talk about, and as we get now um, into episodes that may stand alone rather than a series and things, it's about building these things in our homes and in our students and in our children so that they can build them in there, so that we have that generational influence that it talks about in Deuteronomy. So so you make a great point there. Yeah. So I wrote down a few things that perhaps we should have discussed a little bit in more detail. Uh, and I wrote down a question. And the question is, what do you do when you're met with resistance from a child or a student in regard to spiritual disciplines? So what happens when you say, okay, did you read your Bible today? Did you pray Okay, do you, do you as a parent, are you supposed to say, well, go do that now. I want you to go read your Bible. I want you to go 
pray and go send them to their room to do so? Or what's the best way to go about that? And Steve, I was wondering if you had any insights on that as a parent of four. Well, and that's just it. As a parent of four, even though they're raised by the same mom and dad, even though everything's happened in the same household, it's four different completely approaches. And, yeah. and parents that are listening, youth ministers, ministers that are listening, know this about the, the people within their church. No matter how... Um, similar we are everybody does things a little differently and i think we talked in an episode or two about the fact that it really has to come from uh, an encouraging position rather than a pressure right we we don't if we if all this is done because we pressure our children because we pressure our students to do it if every youth function that that you do as a youth minister came from that position of pressure have to be there have to do it if you don't kids just don't respond to that right now that's not to say that there's not discipline that's not to say that there's not consequences but but when we're really trying to build these habits uh, i believe um and we try very hard in our house to make it from a position of encouragement um we're encouraging them to do these things um it's not necessarily a if you don't get it done by this time, then this will happen type thing. Sometimes um, you get into homework, you get into priorities and other things, and we'll have some later episodes addressing specific things like priorities. But um, but yeah, I would say we have to be uh, firm in our example of doing those things so that we can encourage them to do it rather than pressure them to do it. Absolutely. And again, I think it comes back to what Steve has said this whole time. The faith that you have as a parent is the faith that your children most likely are going to end up with. So if you're encouraging, if you're wanting to be in the Word, if your children see you in the Word and they see you praying, I think that's going to be met with so much less resistance. Well, and I think that applies just to your spiritual walk in general. If you want to impart more of a spiritual life in your children. If you want to impart more of a spiritual walk in your marriage, you have to start with your, where you are spiritually. And, and I think oftentimes we, um, every parent I think wants more and better for their kids maybe than they have in the material world. I think it's true in the spiritual world too. So we, we come at it from a different perspective, but I do, Um, And Zachary, you've mentioned it. We've talked about it in previous episodes. Man, working on your spiritual life, working on your marriage will have a huge impact on the spiritual life of your children as well and your spouse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Things happen throughout the course of your life, especially when children are at home. Let's say that's 18, 19 years But if you have multiple children, that's going to be 20, 25 years that you have children at home. 25 years is a long time. Things happen. Major snowstorms come. (laughs) Global pandemics happen. And in those moments where this chaos of this life happens and it comes at you and attacks you, how do you make faith a priority even in those times? And I think sometimes chaotic times, they're great and often easy ways for us to demonstrate our faith. So, for instance, we're in this major snowstorm, once in a lifetime, cold temperatures, I hope. I told my wife that my ideal snow day is 
five inches of snow one day, 80 degrees the next. Like, okay, it's here. We'll enjoy it. Gone the next day. <laughs> My wife being from the north and growing up in very cold climate, we had the conversation that uh, we're really only comfortable with these kind of temperatures and snow levels if there's skiing involved. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for there to not be anything recreational to do. Yeah, absolutely. So in this chaotic time of our life right now, or in your chaotic season of life, whatever that may be, how do you make faith building a priority even in those times? And again, I think oftentimes it's just easy to demonstrate your faith. You have so many more opportunities. If it's in a snowstorm and people are stuck at home, call them, text them, say, hey, do you need groceries? Do you need anything? There's a lot of young people like Steve and I. Steve, I called you young. I appreciate that. Thank you. I noticed I, I perked up right away when you said young. <laughs> There's a lot of young people that love driving in this weather just because it's fun. Doing a little fishtail around the corner, it's fun <laughs> for us. But you can help those in need. Write cards to people when those chaotic times of life come. I think that's a great opportunity for you to demonstrate your faith at home. As we talked about with the youngest age, they're sponges. But really, when your kids, when the students in your ministry, if you're a minister listening to to us today, when they see you doing those things, even without saying anything, it just, it sparks that in them. Um, And and it's just another example that I know we hope to set in our house that, uh, you know, maybe giving of our time is a huge thing we can give and especially in times like these so you make a great point about building off of um, those life events to build faith yeah for sure in so many things like we said 25 years maybe that you have kids at home that's a long time <laughs> a lot of things are going to change a lot of things are going to happen but one thing that we pray is consistent throughout the entire time that you have children at home is that you make that faith the priority in your life. It's not a priority, but the priority in your life. So Steve, what else did you have that you wanted to recap kind of throughout this entire series? Well, again, throughout the entire series, I think something that came up and maybe we didn't talk about it as much um, with the younger ages, but it definitely from middle school, high school, young adults, um, it definitely came up. Um, I really believe in finding those mentor mentors finding a village as we've said um for our kids no matter their age to see other kids and other families who are doing these things who to know of other families that are taking time to do a devotional to know of other families that that maybe schedule their week accordingly so they get to that wednesday night bible study i think that's another it's another example it's another thing they see but i think making a priority to make sure that your children have some examples other than mom and dad, other than a youth minister. Now, the youth minister is a great first step or the children's minister or the pulpit minister, whatever it may be. But even beyond those people in those positions, um, the leadership of your church, the other families in your church, the I think we talked in one of the episodes about uh, the impact that on my oldest when she got to go with the sewing ministry and the ladies who do um, just all kinds of neat things here once a month. Um, her interaction with those ladies has an impact on her spiritual life and will um, for the rest of her life. Yeah. So uh, that's another big one I would say that's come up a lot, but I just, I can't say it enough. Uh, find, find mentors, find examples 
Um, while we said it's it's a huge load for a parent to think about the faith that they have is the faith they're building. Utilize the people around you. Utilize your church family. Utilize that village right. to raise that child up. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember reading uh, some youth ministry book. I'm not, ex- not sure the exact book it was. But the author told a story about uh, this kid that he ran into about 20 years after he was in youth group. So the kid's probably, you know, late 30s, early 40s, something like that. And this youth minister runs into him and he asks him, says, what was the most important uh, thing? Why are you still involved in a church? And the response that he got was, well, remember that one time where you asked me to come help you put up a fence in your backyard and you slammed your finger with a hammer and yet you didn't say any cuss words. You just went about it uh, and just kept moving on. He said, that's why I'm still here. And the youth minister, he was shocked. He's like, man, I was hoping it was going to be this great Bible class lesson or some great <laughs> some speech. Weekend yeah, some weekend for all the kids. Right. But it's not. It was just that tiny moment where he asked him to come help build a backyard fence. He slams his finger, didn't say anything. And then they go and get a Taco Bell later or something like that. It's just those tiny moments. We've been talking so much about big things that we can do to build those faith. But don't forget about those tiny moments sprinkled throughout your children's life that make a huge difference. Absolutely. Uh, as we work through each age group, we kind of pulled out a uh, uh, resource or kind of something you could be using in, in those family devotional times, in those times of Bible study as a family and, and even certain age groups, maybe uh, letting them pull off and study a little bit on their own. I'm just going to recap as we work through it, we talked about using the storybook Bibles uh, for the youngest of kids um, and really getting into those stories and reading them like you do a regular bedtime story, you know, changing up uh, how you say it and how you do it and uh, really u- utilizing uh, the storybook type Bibles uh, for that youngest age group. We talked about the NIRV, which is a new international version of the Bible, uh, but at a third grade level. So some of the big words are changed around. I think that's a great resource for those yep. elementary students. Um, as we get up, got into middle school and it kind of coincides with what they're learning and doing in middle school, we talked about adding Bible dictionaries and concordances to your family right. study, um, utilizing some of those resources. Uh, in high school, we talked about maybe that's the time when you do let them do a little bit more individual study. And with that, I think there's, I mean, I don't think, I know there are just thousands of great Bible studies that kind of go with your Bible. So, mm-hmm. um, Zachary, yep. you could speak to a lot of those. And then we came back, not quite to the storybooks, <laughs> right. um, but I think you phrased it last week, talking in, with the young adults, whether they're college, whether they're right to the workforce, whatever it may be, getting back to the basics. I think you said yep. fall back in love with yeah, those just with the stories. those foundational stories Absolutely. of the Bible. And I would, I would agree 100%. Just the basics of the Bible are a great focus and a great resource uh, for young adults. Because, and we've referenced this a time or two, and, and I think we'll address it in, in other episodes. We're not always, we can't answer just hard doctrinal questions without a foundation. And even the people who leave the churches, we've thrown out the statistics of people who leave they don't necessarily leave because of a church's stance 
on something that we might think the world would say, oh, it's because they believe this, or oh, it's because they do that in worship. They leave because they don't know the answers to some of the basic questions, or yeah. they start doubting right. some of the basic right. things. So I, I really uh, say I think that's a key as we've gone through this, uh, getting back to the basics as you've worked through some of these other things um, is huge. Yeah, just some of those stories. Uh, so when you're a child, for instance, the story of Abraham, and one of the things you learn about the story of Abraham is that he, uh, you know, he walked up the mountain with his son Isaac, and he was prepared to sacrifice him because that's what God wanted him to do. And then when you're older, you go back to the story of Abraham, and you realize, okay, he God called Abraham who knows if Abraham even knew who God was really at this point. He calls him out of his land. And Abraham goes and says that God's going to bless him. He's going to make him a great nation. Everyone on earth is going to be blessed through him. But then Abraham's 90 years old and he still doesn't have a kid. And he and the person, the angel finally comes to Abraham and he says, Hey, your wife is going to have a child. And he starts laughing. And then he, the angel comes to Sarah and says, you're going to have a child, and she starts laughing. So they both start laughing, and throughout this entire time, we see the faithfulness of God and how when he says something, it is true. It's always true. No matter what we may do in the meantime, he's going to, uh, he's going to be faithful. He's going to be true, and we can count on him. It's just an example where the stories. When you're young, it's one thing. It's the stories. But, man, when you're older, you see it on a whole new perspective. You go from the story of Noah when you're a kid and you're singing those awesome songs and you're learning about the animals that get on two by two. And you learn about this flood and how Noah's family was spared and how God saves them and all this power. And it's an awesome story for kids. Just just at that right there, the power of God to save them and to get these animals onto the boat and all those things. But then you go back and you look at it and you're like, wow, look at the obedience that this story shows. Because you're not, you're not necessarily thinking about that when you're a little kid. You're right. thinking about giant waves yep. and birds looking for dry ground and all this right. fun stuff that's yeah. foundational in the story. But man, what a story of obedience to have these, you know, we can't hardly follow a book of directions to build a basketball goal yeah, like you and exactly. I did. You just start kind of winging it and right. doing it on your own. I right. mean, look at the way Noah followed yeah. directions and, and the obedience there. So I, uh, again, just to get back to basics. Um, and really, I would say that may be along with the, the, we've said there's no magic bullet. We've said not everything works for every family. Uh, last time you and I, I think, broke in a song with the read your Bible and pray every day and grow, grow, grow. Yep. But really, these three things to me, being in the scripture every day, praying every day openly with your family, and getting, if you're ever not sure, just get back to the basics. I think I think those three things make a giant step forward yeah. in the formation of faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're spot on there. And you can do all kinds of other things. And Zachary and I, as ministers to children and youth, can plan all kinds of events and do all these things. And they can have a great time. And it can be a social thing where they're getting to interact with other Christians. And that's all amazing. But if we don't have those, those three things first, or we don't have those three things to fall back on when someone in the youth group lets us down when a parent of another child yep. our kid's age lets us down when those things happen i would say go back to those three things yeah, absolutely
You're right. I have written down on my notes just what are some small things you could be doing throughout the day that help to build faith? Throughout the infants all the way up to young adult college, what are some things that you could do? And I just wrote down four things that maybe a lot of these things we did as a family growing up. And a lot of these things I try to do now or would like to do with future family uh, down the road. And the first thing I have written down and something I do for the most part is if I'm in the car, I only listen to Christian music. So that's just something I heard someone say a while ago. They said, that's just, we're going to eliminate any other, you know, uh, any other music, not because it's bad, just because. And that's going to be a time of worship or a time just to meditate. Uh, so that's something that I do. That's a great one. And it's really, it goes again back to Deuteronomy because now we're in our cars. We're yeah. not walking along the street, right. right? Right. So that's a great resource yeah. uh, as you drive along. Uh, the second thing I have was have a daily devotional. Uh, just something I know growing up, we did this just about every night. And I know it's a big part of Steve's family as well. Uh, the third thing, pray before going to school. So before we left in the morning, that's one thing that we did. Prayed for our day. Uh, that was important to us. And then a final thing that I have written down, and maybe this is at the dining room table, and maybe we'll do an episode one day of the uh, the benefits of sitting down and having a meal together. Uh, but one of the things that I wrote down, and we do this in youth groups sometimes, what is something that was good about your day? What is something that was bad about your day? And what was something, or how did you see God at work throughout your day? Good, bad God. And I think just those four simple things may help build your faith of the children at home. That's a, that's a great list. Um, just four great things you can do. And, and it goes to uh, Zachary's wisdom there. His four things came off the top of his head there. Mine, I'm going to share a list or at least <laughs> part of a list. Some of, one of the other things we've done throughout the previous episodes is reference some books, reference some figures, some facts, some yeah. other things. And one of those books was Sticky Faith uh, by Kara Powell and Chap Clark. Um, and with that, in uh, the Sticky Faith Guide for Your Family, they reference a few things that are common in families whose children have remained faithful and remained active and gone on to do um, kind of to be an active member of a congregation on their own. And, and just a few of those things in the, in this particular book, I think there's a hundred over a hundred ideas right. um, that are all great. And, and all of them might work for your family and only one of them might, but I would, I would say sticky faith and the sticky faith guide for your family would both be great resources, no matter what age your kids are. Uh, but just a few of the things that they had. Um, and a lot of these we've already touched on, but, but right from the study, right from the facts and the figures, uh, you must be what you hope to see in your child is, is one section. You've one said thing. that, that this whole time. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, we're straight I'm, from the book. I'm smart enough to read books <laughs> by smart people. Maybe, um, emphasize a relationship with Christ, emphasize forgiveness and emphasize grace as well as use life events. This is something Zachary's touched on throughout uh, our series. Use life events to make faith relevant to your child. Uh, welcome doubt and difficult questions. That's a yeah, huge one. So big. often we want to, oh, we'll talk about that later. Oh, right. we'll talk about it when you're older. Um, you know, yeah. It's, are some parts of the Old Testament R-rated? 
Absolutely. Yep. And you'll talk about those things later and you'll talk about them. But I think we referenced in one of the episodes, the things kids hear and learn in middle school. Um, you've got to be ahead of that type thing. So I think uh, uh, being ready for the difficult questions, being ready and being okay with a question of doubt and talking through it and going back to the Bible um, is huge. As well as uh, one of the ones they had was uh, go all out to win the heart of your child um, in all of these families that they studied and all the things they did, uh, just a relationship that fostered questions and fostered devotionals and fostered um, just love. Um, whether it was, you know, kids pick up on favoritism, kids pick up on things or they pick up on it even maybe when it's not there, but sometimes perception is reality. So finding time with each kid and finding yeah. time with all the kids together right. and just really winning the heart of your child um, is a huge aspect. And like I said, that's just a few of the things I think it, I think those few lined up well with what we've talked about in previous episodes. So I wanted to touch on them. Uh, but I would, again, um, use the resources around. We talked about, I think in our very first episode, I did a Google search of, um, building faith in your family or something to that effect. How do I build faith in my child? Yeah. It was 33 million results in one second right. or whatever right. Google says. Yeah. So utilize that. Pinterest, utilize Google, utilize books. Um, and as we do individual episodes on different things, I think Zachary and I both have a lot of books we'd love for, for people that listen to us to read and kind of put in their arsenal of building faith in their household. Yeah. And a lot of times I think maybe you may, you may be scared to do things that are new in your house scared to do things that you've never heard of anyone doing that of doing but try those things as well i mean you don't know if something's going to work or not until you try it and if you fail if it doesn't work for your family try something else the the, the shame is not trying the most not failing. prevalent thing in all those families in those studies is they're doing something right yep they weren't all maybe doing each of those things that i just said or any of the hundred other things that are in that book they were all doing something. We've come back to that in each episode, and I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up the series is listening to Zachary and I is, if that's the first step, then we're so happy to have you here and happy to have you listening because it's just about doing something, um, and you'll be surprised what you can build from there. Absolutely. Well, we pray that this faith-building mini-series has been a blessing to you to the, all those who have listened next week and the weeks to come, we plan to keep discussing different topics and maybe other mini-series that are connected to this idea of building faith at home. 